Welcome to Future Economies Talk with Youth, the podcast. My name is Kevin Islasipalm, and today we're going to talk about the power of young employee networks and retaining young people in jobs. Today, I have three incredible women with me who are going to discuss the importance of young employee networks and how we can implement them in our own organizations. With me today are Emily Tahas, member of Young Roundstead Network in Netherlands, Natalie Ayub, Minati Project Manager at Salilum in Jordan, and also Goodness Oluchi Obijuru, a youth champion in Nigeria who has carried out research on young employee networks. Young people want decent jobs. Jobs that are safe, jobs that are meaningful, and also jobs that are inclusive. And while many organizations strive to establish youth-focused policies to meet this desire, a crucial tactic that often gets overlooked is setting up young employee networks. Employee networks create a supportive environment for employees to openly share their concerns with their peers, they network, and also build a community within the organization based on experiences and also same interests. Our speakers today show that regardless of the age, size, or country of your organization, young employee networks send a clear signal to employees that the organization values their voice. It's great to have the opportunity to hear about how these networks operate in such a different context. So goodness, I want to immediately start off with you. You have conducted research on this incredible topic. What drew you actually to, to this area of young employee networks? Okay, um, I'd like to start by saying that this research was conducted by four young people here in Nigeria. Uh, we're called the Challenge Fund for Youth Employment with Champions. Um, as a young person in the early stages of my career, I understand that young people currently make up the bulk of the population of various organizations here in the country. And these numbers are not going to go down at any time. Um, the research is in line with the Challenge Fund for Youth Employment, um, Youth Descent Work Journey, Uniblock 5, which is on peer networks. So some implementing partners here in Nigeria requested for support in setting up youth networks here. And we, that is exactly what drew me into the research. So we started by finding out what peer networks were, um, how they function in other parts of the world, parts of the um, implementing partners, uh, in other parts of the Challenge Fund for Youth Employment Countries. And then we've, we also spoke with young people um, in Kenya, in Uganda, in Ethiopia. We spoke with um, uh, implementing partners in Jordan, in Egypt, and other stakeholders to get their input into the document. And at the end of the day, we're able to come out with um, a guidance document. Now, the document is a very generic document that would help implementing partners to set up youth networks here in Nigeria. And we're hoping that we're able to also have these do um, documents used by other countries um, outside the country as well. So that is exactly what drew me and the other youth champions into this research. Okay, that's very interesting to hear. Now, Emily, as a member of the Young Runstock Network, you are in a truly great position to offer a perspective of a well-established young employee network that supports a large multinational body of young employees. Can you tell us a bit more about this network? Yes, Kevin, I sure can. Thank you. Um, I think uh, with uh, Young Randstad, we organized, uh, or we are an organization for everybody who works at Randstad, Tempo Team, Yacht or Monsterboard and feels young. Um, the network was started a bit over 10 years ago by a few very enthusiastic colleagues who wanted to connect 
people outside of the workplace by organizing events. And throughout the years, we became bigger and bigger and also uh, more professionalized. Uh, and since 2017, we're also, our foundation is also registered at the Chamber of Commerce. Um, and as young, we really stand for connection. So uh, we are a large population with uh, young people divided over the different labels. And by organizing events, we uh, give them the opportunity to meet each other and also meet new people you would not meet um, in your daily work because you're not uh, talking to them on a, on a daily basis. And um, we organize events around the pillars, knowledge, uh, fun and uh, networking and really with the aim uh, to connect. Um, nowadays, we have over 500 members and we are growing every day. And we send out monthly newsletters uh, to everybody telling which events we will host. Uh, we, there's a lot of word of mouth advertising and we're also mentioned in all the onboarding programs. Um, and I think um, uh, this is all coordinated by a young board that, me that meets uh, on a structural basis to uh, decide where are we going, what are we organizing and how can we um, stay relevant and a big support of our HR department as well. Yeah, that's really great to hear. 500 members is quite a large number. I think we can all learn from all your experiences. So thank you so much, Emily. And also with us here today is Natalie from Salelem, an edutech company within um, the country of Jordan. So Natalie, why do you think that young networks are so important for the organizations, but also the young employees themselves? Yeah, hi, hi, Kevin. Thank you for hosting us. Hi, Emily, goodness. And uh, thank you for allowing us to talk about such an important uh, topic. Um, the um, Young Employee Network personally means a lot to me because when I first started in my career, like um, in my early 20s, um, I was working for a company where everyone was much older than me. They were all in their suits. Everyone was very professional. So as a youth, you know, um, I kept on feeling that I need to keep up with something. I wasn't comfortable maybe enough to be myself. I had to always give them the impression that I'm very professional. And uh, little did I know that back then, regardless how old you are, you can be a professional, no matter what, you just have to be um, hardworking. And this is why when I came to Salalem, and basically surrounded by youth all the time, and uh, and to see that my God, they are really hardworking. Um, they want to move up their career ladder, and even if they show up to work in their hoodie, doesn't mean they're any less professional. So yes, I believe in the network very much. Okay, that's really good to hear. And as, but what activities do you also organize as as a youth network within um, Salalem? Now, basically, from what we believe is that usually. You go to work, you spend like several hours, nine to five every day. You actually end up spending more hours with your colleagues than you do with your own family members. So the whole objective of this network at Salam is that we want to create more of a family atmosphere. We want everyone to feel that they are coming to a place where they belong. And this is why we don't want to keep the relationship between colleagues just professional. We like them to know each other more. And this is why we keep on creating different social events. 
so that all the time so we can enhance employee uh, bonding and so that they can get to know each other not just uh, knowing the person sitting behind the desk to get to know them better in a different setting and to talk about something that's not work related for a change yeah, that's really, that's really inspiring to hear, I must say. And goodness, I want to move back to the research you've conducted in the past about these in um, these networks. You know, in your research, you give us you know, examples of um, yeah, things that could be fixed. But can you give us now an example of a work setting issue that could have been prevented or improved by this sort of, of network? Okay, um, there, here in Nigeria, there is um, one of the implementing partners called the Digital Marketing Skills Institute. What they do is that they bring young women and single mothers and they train them on digital skills. Um, but along the line through data, they realized that um, they were having issues attracting and retaining these single mothers. So they had to find out what was wrong and they realized that um, these young mothers had issues balancing work and their homes and their home runs and you know with children and everything. And so what the institute did, they actually did three things, one of which the most important is that they set up a peer network. They put um, a group where the single mothers were able to speak to themselves, um, a setting where they were free about you know their issues, um, where they were able to talk about how they can combine work and family, the strategies that other women have done uh, they even had um, mentors, people who had gone before, uh, clear, clear role models, people who had gone before and done it and they're actually thriving. So by having this space, they were able to, you know, um, prevent, you know, turnover, high rate of turnover. The, the women were staying longer. The environment then became very engaging and more interesting and it made them to always want to come. Now they were able to balance, you know, work and life even, even better. So I believe that having a network would have prevented this issue of um, attracting and retaining young single mothers um, if they had had it at the beginning. And there's also um, another implementing partner here in Nigeria called Yugo. So what you could do is that they have, they actually have a group of young people that come together to talk, to relate, to share, to connect, to to learn to grow, it actually um, had made Hugo to be a very, you know, amazing company here in Nigeria because they are thriving. The the, the young people are seeing it as an as an environment where they can actually build a career in, and Hugo is also um, benefiting from these young people. So this is a this is an example of a work issue that could have been prevented if there was actually a group or a network where this young woman would have been able to talk um, and share and grow. Emily, have you also seen this happening? And also related to the, the same point, what are the ways inclusion is encouraged in such a broad network? And can it really have an impact on the immediate and personal approaches for the same SLM, for, for instance? Yes, something mentioned by Natalie, I, <clears throat> I really recognized. And that was um, work should be fun and also should you make you feel at home. and Throughout my young network, I got in contact with a lot of people um, and therefore my my work feels more at home and more comfortable. And I want to establish this for others as well. 
And furthermore, by knowing more people, it also helps me personally in my work. So I can easily connect throughout the company with other departments because I know people there. And also whenever you want to explore next steps in your, uh, in your career, you know more parts of the organization because uh, the people you met through Young work there. And besides that Young provides uh, a bigger internal network and events that are fun, it also helps our young members to develop some skills. Uh, so for every event we host, we ask three or four of our members, aside from the board we have to help organize, which really helps them improve their organizing skills and also uh, how to coordinate events. And we do a lot of talks that are also about um, teams that are inspiring for our population. So, for example, we had last year, we had a talk from uh, somebody out of our senior management and uh, a young professional about the program reverse mentoring they do, which was super interesting. And apart from uh, how the young network benefits its members itself, it also benefits our HR department. Um, or HR management. We are, uh, at Randstad Group, we are all about, um, uh, in the end, or we are, it's all about the people. And um, I think, therefore, employee uh, satisfaction is super important. And as young, we are fundamental to that. So uh, I think also more and more our uh, HR management start using us as, as a, um, uh, as a group that represents also the voice of the young population. And we are more and more included in, uh, in topics they discuss and um, they ask uh, our opinion um, also proactively. So I think that's something uh, we have established over the years and something that makes me really proud. That aside from connecting people, making it fun, also uh, helping them develop skills and now also being, um, being the voice of a bigger... Uh, or or in the in the in the strategy of the company, so I think that's really nice. Yeah. I really like to mention that too because you no know, meaningful youth participation is something that every single organization should be striving towards. So yeah, young employee networks um, of course help in that regard. But you know we've spoken a lot about how um, organizations can benefit from young employee networks. But I want to move on now to the employees themselves, Natalie. How about the employees? How does the you know, how does the network enhance their own personal and professional development, Natalie? Okay, so basically the reason why we started um, working on creating such a network is because for any organization whose employees are mostly youth, we were facing um, two very common challenges among youth employees. One of which was basically the, um, the high turnover of youth employees. And then the second, thing, the second thing, sorry, was the high absence rate. So basically what we tried to do, the reason why we were creating those activities, trying to bond between employees, is, um, is different ways. Now, one of the ways was that because regarding the turnover, we wanted those employees to feel that they are respected, regardless um, regardless of their age. We want to make sure that they feel that they belong to a family atmosphere um, organization. And then, of course, to feel that they, uh, they belong to a certain organization, not just working there and getting paid. And then, as for the high absence rate, 
um, we felt that it is necessary to also adapt to those employees, not just employees adapting to the company they work for. So this is why we started uh, offering the flexibility in the work hours. Of course, they have to meet a certain number of hours per week. However, there was a lot of flexibility. They can come later to work. They can stay up later in the office. And also, we offered them a combination of working either remotely or working um, in the office. And this has uh, helped a lot. And also, because of our activities, we, we um, tried to make, let's say, the work atmosphere a bit more fun where you can really um, bond and enjoy your time with the people you know you're working with. And this is, I think this helped a lot with the high turnover. We were really able to control that. Okay, okay, that's, that's really interesting to hear. And you know, we've spoken a lot about the benefits of having youth networks, etc. But I want to get a bit more practical now. I want to get to the, into the details. So, um, how do youth networks actually get their financing? Um, how do they get the finance to, you know, through the activities, build engagement, etc. Natalie, how does this work for, for young, for example? Um, I think uh, because of the size and the scale of our networks and the number of participating in, our in, our, in the activities, we ask a small fee uh, on a yearly basis, which is actually uh, really small. And it's also by saying, okay, I would like to... Um, uh, enter the network and also um, uh, start joining the activities. Um, uh, and we host currently, I think, one, two, three events every year with a bit, oh, it's a bit more quiet in winter and a bit more busy in summer. And I think by even by only joining one or maybe uh, two events, you will already have your uh, fee for the year covered. And the rest is actually supported uh, uh, from the company because they um, really uh, value that we are organizing all these various events. Um, and what I learned by organizing events is that they don't need to be uh, expensive to be successful. So success is not at all about the money. Uh, I would actually say that most of our events that are actually free and don't cost us any money are most successful. So, for example, we organize every year, we organize uh, lunches between, uh, for example, our CEO and three young members. And this is really a moment where they can connect, uh, share career advice, but also share feedback about how it's going within the company. And these things are for free or organize sport events or... Uh, go cycling together or do something uh, to connect outside the workplace, it doesn't need to be uh, um, hard or expensive to set something up. Um, I think something we do struggle with a lot is uh, the engagement of our members and how to stay relevant um, and organize events that are actually uh, considered relevant. So we ask feedback after events and also in our monthly newsletter to keep organizing those things that people have the need for and not start organizing all these kind of things that nobody feels the need of joining. So um, I think that that's a continued, continued struggle, but um, really it's, it's, it's not about the money. It's really about um, the connection you made. And that's priceless, I think. 
Yeah, that's really nice to hear. And, you know, I, I like that we have people, I mean, I guess you with different contexts and experiences because Natalie, you're, yeah, you're, you come from a smaller startup and I want to ask you the same question again. Does, um, does more of this responsibility of covering the costs of the activities fall on yeah, the company because you're such a small startup or how does this seem for you, Natalie? The number one rule we have is that we never ever charge our young employees for anything when it comes to arranging those activities. Uh, the reason for this is because we have uh, young employees that come from different backgrounds. Some of them are maybe financially comfortable, they might be able to afford paying a fee, and some come from very vulnerable backgrounds that cannot uh, afford anything. And we wanted to make sure that no one would be left out if we charge for anything. And this is why most of the activities or let's say the social events that we arrange actually don't cost much. They are very simple. Uh, for example, um, during working hours, because they just catch you by surprise, you get a message in the morning and then during working hours, we find out that at two o'clock, there's, um, there's like um, a gathering going on. And when we go to the meeting room, we realize that today it's about playing board games, for example. Uh, recently, they bought a foosball, so every now and then we get together and we just play foosball, yes, in an office setting. So we try to arrange something that doesn't cost too much. And then many times uh, when the weather is nice, which uh, luck we are lucky with the nice weather in our country, when the weather is nice, um, usually on the weekends, Thursday night for us is like Friday night uh, in Europe, for example. So Thursday night, we get a message, hey guys, when you're done with work at five, there is a, a barbecue going on in the garden. So everyone gets together, we all grill together so that we, you know, involve everyone. And occasionally, every now and then, we have like a one day mini retreat at, um, at the cottage, just so that we can get together, just eat together and, and have fun. But definitely nothing expensive and nothing fancy. No resorts required. That's really good to hear. And I think we can all agree here that across the board, the, the most impactful, impactful events do not require that much of a financial um, financial investment. And I think, you know, as a young person myself, I can definitely see this happening. And I must say, Natalie, I would love to work in your organization because it sounds really great, I must or say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, so um, Emily, I want to move now to you. Um, do you have any tips for our partners who are also seeking to set up uh, you know, a young employee network. What are your tips for them? Yeah, I, I think uh, when I when I think about when you're starting a, a young network, I would really think about three tips, and that is um, find a group of enthusiastic people who would like to uh, to like to help you organize all these kind of things. As with Randstad, it started just with a small group of people enthusiastic enough to um, uh, to start. Um, the second one would really be get internal support. So uh, by getting internal support, it's also easier to carry out the plans you have. And uh, the third one definitely is, and it's also related to the money aspect, don't think too big. Start small, really start about what you think you can do. Um, and uh, many of the events, people within the company are super enthusiastic to help, to host a talk, to join a lunch, um, and all these things you can do within the possibilities you have without, um, um, without making it too complicated.
So thank you so much, Emily. And now the same question also goes to you, Natalie. Do you have any tips for our partners who are looking to set up their own youth, um, yeah, young employee networks? Yes, definitely. What I can tell you is that please, please, if you're uh, if you're an employer, and your employee happens to not show up in a suit, not have lots of wrinkles, and have worked like hardly one two year, for one two years. That doesn't mean they're not professional, because sometimes we, you know, we get such good ideas and such a fantastic commitment from our youngest employees. So please put faith in them and make them feel comfortable enough that they encourage them um, to share their ideas, share solutions, because after all, they have a millennial way of thinking. And there's something could be a very simple idea, but my God, when they share it and they really feel comfortable to collaborate and share their ideas, you'd be pleasantly surprised. They could come up with some, for some uh, really good solutions uh, that would last forever. So please, please have faith in those young employees. So yeah, this is very true. You know, as a, as a young person myself, I know that young people are experts are bringing um, these concerns to the table, but also thinking in solutions. So I really, I'm really happy that you said that. But um, Nadia, I also want to ask, you know, how does your organization deal with these ideas, feedbacks, and issues that are raised by these, these young employees? Feedback. Well, um, feedback is very important from those employees. Their, um, their thoughts are valued. Their ideas could be very, very helpful and they could come up with really great solutions. Sometimes the simplest ideas from the youngest members can be the right solution that we need to solve a challenge. So in terms of uh, feedback, uh, we continuously, in order to promote um, teamwork, uh, we continuously arrange uh, groups to get together and they just brainstorm and they share solutions uh, when they come up, let's say, with a new project. Um, for example, uh, let's say they want to uh, devise a new process for a certain project so that they can make sure that they can meet the targets for that project. And while they're brainstorming, whether they're meeting face-to-face -face or they're meeting online, uh, basically everyone, they have to come up with some ideas and some solutions on how they think this is the best way to proceed with a certain project. And then the ideas that prove to be the most successful and the most applicable, uh, this is when they use this, it becomes like a, a standard um, procedure they use in a project, and it becomes a guideline for everyone else to follow. Uh, because of, uh, we're an tech company, if I can give you just an example, for example, the, um, the design team, they get together, all ideas are equally respected, regardless how many years you've been working in the company or how old you are. So they decide together on a prototype. And then once a brilliant idea pops up, basically they, uh, they decide on the prototype and then they all adopt the same style in order to continue building on that product. Okay, that's really good to hear, Natalie. And goodness, I want to move on back to your research that you that you concluded. You know, what does your research say about this? You know, what do young people need in order to feel you know, comfortable and at home and you know to be able to raise these potential issues and also feedback to their superiors in their organizations? Um, from our research, um, one of the benefits 
of having a youth network is flow of communication, you know, up and down, and also sideways. One activity we highlighted in the document was um, having meetings, lunch and learns, conferences with the senior executives. These spaces, these groups, makes young people comfortable enough to raise up issues um, with higher management staff, right? When they're able to come to a very comfortable um, setting, they're able to talk without, you know, on a very informal setting and mix it up with some fun activities. These young people feel, okay, I belong and they feel I can actually talk to my superiors. Um, this settings actually help build trust and um, loyalty. So yes, young people, we need spaces, um, we need a platform, uh, they need um, spaces to be heard and to be a part of the process, to have the ideas considered and see that in the projects that they, are, that they carry, their ideas are being um, executed and they are being better versions of themselves. So in the long run, they are able to feel comfortable enough to go talk to their senior colleagues or their, or their you know, superiors about any issue that they feel has come up. And also having a network, they're able to also um, talk to, you know, the network has a structure. The network has a structure. So they can talk to um, the, the the leaders in their network who are now able to send up their grievances up, you know, to senior management as well. So this are the kind of spaces young people need to be able to be, uh, to comfortably raise potential issues. Okay, thank you so much. And it's quite interesting to hear that goodness. So um, to round off this discussion, I want to say that, you know, so to, in, in order to create jobs that are safe, meaningful and inclusive, and to also ensure that young people, especially young employees, have a safe space to thrive, grow, and also support organizational growth, we should set up more young employee networks. It gives young employees a platform to thrive, upscale, and also support this organizational growth by connecting with their peers, mentors, and of course, their leadership. Thank you for all my guests for shedding a light on this topic, and thank you for listening. This was Future Economy Start with Youth, the podcast, and we'll see you next time.